Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from, put your dead son in a cemetery. It's him or carry, be very afraid. You'll be our number one fan and get carried away. All working, no play, you know it always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the Wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Shoot him out of a cannon. Head Welcome cannon. to Head, head Cannon. cannon. We got a very special guest tonight, uh, uh, a wonderful gentleman, a beautiful man by the name of Ryan Ruckman. Say, say hello, Ryan. What's going on, everybody? He's, he's so waving. Happy to be here. He's starting to wave. A little bit of R and R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you you. That's funny. Has has somebody made that joke before? Probably that your initials are. Oh, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like off the top, I'm not remembering a specific moment where somebody do that. I'm happy to say that Brent's the first, first that's ever done it. You've been, you've, well done, Brent. You're the first one. Well, I wish I could say it was difficult to make that joke. <laughs> yeah, you didn't, you didn't reach very far on that one, but it's okay. I still liked it. It worked. It worked. No, I had that in the chamber all week. <laughs> just waiting. No, I'm just kidding. Nailing with this R and R comment. <laughs> Just waiting for this joke. <laughs> no, but it's it's good to talk to you, man. We we know you from um, the Indianapolis theater community. I got to know you through uh, Defiance Comedy when we did. Uh, you know, we we're doing a couple shows: Mom and Pop Porno Shop, uh, Bro Zone. Uh, may, maybe I'll drop some of your best your best verses from Bro Zone in the podcast, so people can kind of hear you Bro Zone it up. I know your body is for rent, but to me it's heaven sent. It's money that's well spent And the muscles you can flex With consensual sex I'm better prepared to stretch And girl, don't forget to text And now you say you want to leave And that your heart will soon deceive And you want to belong to The next one who don't you And now you say you want to leave I'd be so happy about that. I mean, it's a, it's a part of my life that people now don't they don't know about. So like when someone random finds out about it, they're like, because uh, naturally, like you get to a point now where everybody stalks everybody else when they meet them via their yeah. social media. So I have had people that have been like, uh, so sorry, man, I was looking you up on Facebook. Were you in a boy band? And I'm just kind of like, I was. <laughs> That's awesome. So, it has happened before. It's been a long time since I've reached back for all that, but it's it's it was it's it's a very fond memory. I loved it. <laughs> nice, yeah. and that's I mean, me too. Like that's one of my favorite things that I've ever done. Like all of that defiance comedy stuff, but especially the bro zone stuff was just so much fun. Like 
Well, it's also as a as a theater guy, it's also such an unbelievable testament to the miracle and magic of theater. Because by all rights, none of those shows should have worked as well as they did. Right. But they all worked so well. I mean, everything came together. We we tended to put it together like we all had such a quick turnaround. Like I tell people about how quickly we put those shows together, and they're like bullshit. I'm like, no, 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 seriously. It's <laughs> we we put it together like that, and it worked. And we weren't always sure it was going to work, but it did. It always worked. Yeah. It always worked. <laughs> well, and I, th- I think it's like, uh, you know, kudos to you. And I think it's the actors and my, cause it was, cause, so for people who don't know, we're talking about defiance comedy, which is a comedy group I had in Indianapolis. Uh, it's still running. They're still doing shows. Uh, my partners uh, in that group, uh, Matt Kramer yeah. and Molly North, they're still, they're still putting on shows. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but what we would do is we had a live, sitcom so we thought about it as a television sitcom and we would have a new episode every other wednesday so uh and and like i was saying kudos to to actors like ryan and matt kramer was always so good about picking out the best talent in indianapolis i mean the fact that because we would do a show on a wednesday get you guys out a script the next day and then we would have two weeks only rehearsing on sundays it's not even like we rehearsed all week we had two weeks rehearsing on sundays to, to block everything, get all the lines down, <laughs> choreograph everything, and get that it's next bananas. episode up the following Wednesday or two Wednesdays from from the from the last show. <laughs> yeah, it's I've never worked under conditions like that before. I, I tell Matt <laughs> I tell Matt this sometimes. I've told him a couple times at least. I was like, this made me. I mean, this made me a better actor. Like it, it's the kind of like guerrilla style like, <laughs> that just it forces you to do more and just be a little bit better. <laughs> And I mean, you have so little time to work on it that it's just like it becomes, you know, um, in school, we, we talk a lot about how in, 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 as ter- in terms of professionalism goes, so much of what you do is stuff that you do on your own mm-hmm. because you rarely have a very long rehearsal process. But this was the tightest turnaround of anything <laughs> I've ever done. Well, and and you and you in particular kind of had a reputation, and and not only did you have this reputation, but you were often in the starring roles like Brozone, <laughs> Spaceship to Nowhere, Mom and Pop Porno Shop, like, and and you would come like that first Sunday, you would always have like the whole script memorized and just like make everybody else look bad. <laughs> I, I I I told see it's memorizing memorizing text is a, is a it's it's a muscle like anything else, and it has to be you know you got to keep it going. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was such a challenge to do that stuff, but it was, it was a challenge. I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. Like I'm going to have this down <laughs> by the time we come into the room on Sunday. And I mean, I have to say too, like part of it had to do with the fact that the first few shows we did, a lot of the people that you guys used, um, I was maybe the only one that wasn't mainly an improv person, right. like came from like comedy sports or indie prov or somewhere like that. Wonderful, beautiful people. But most of them couldn't memorize anything. Like they just, it wasn't in their wheelhouse necessarily. So I remember so much stress at the very beginning, just being like, oh my God. So I, I made myself like, I got to pretty much know this whole thing so that if we get off the rails, I got to be able to, I got to be able to steer this thing back. <laughs> back, back, back from these fucking improvisers who are just yeah, going off fucking. Which, which I mean, it's I loved watching it, but every now and again I had to remind myself, oh shit, we're in a play. It's actually got a story. We got to keep going. <laughs> I mean, you know, there were those instances where I had to, I had to snap myself back into you know actor mode. Yeah. No, it was great. I, I, I loved it so much. It's 
doing I not getting to do the fringe show with them this year is it's it's the most homesick I've been since we've been gone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, when is because this because we're gonna turn this episode right around because the new uh, the new Candyman movie comes out like next week. So really so, soon. So yeah. So I'm actually gonna take this episode, edit it, and have it ready to go next Wednesday, a week from tomorrow. Um, but so when is, when is the, well, I don't know if you know, I wonder when the fringe is off to, it'd be nice if I could have this episode up by Indie Fringe. In the event that I do, people should check out Defiance Comedy's show at Indie Fringe. Um, I kind of helped punch up the script a little bit. You know, I, I did a little script doctor work. Um, but it's a, it's a combination of The Breakfast Club and the movie Clue. It's called The Breakfast Clue. So it's like both movies smashed together. It's pretty fun. It was a good script. It's, so It's fun. Yeah. It is a good script. It is a good script. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ryan, yeah, you did you did some read-throughs with us on, on the script, so yeah. So it's like the Breakfast Club characters, and they're in the movie Clue? Basically. It's, yeah, it's, it's a lot like that. Like, that's probably a, that's probably the best, most concise way to put it. Yeah. Is there one part, or is there one part where the ladies, instead of flames, she says dandruff, and she's like, scratching... <laughs> Andrew? That would have been a, no. That would have been no. a great bit. I don't think that's in there unless he added it recently. Yeah, you should you should have been around when we were putting the script together. So Yeah, no kidding. Where are we at? Where I like at? how I asked you that yeah. as though like that would have been a as, as, as a definite thing that was it obvious? <laughs> right. Sounds yeah. like a good bit. I think they could have made a bit. <laughs> but uh but no and, and, and Brozone in particular, like that was because that was like kind of our standard sitcom format where we had a show every two weeks. We thought about it like a television show. We had commercials. You know, we had commercial breaks where we would we would plug local businesses. They would pay us for those commercial spots. Um, but with Brozone, we actually we went a step further and and we wrote music for each season of Brozone and recorded two albums with you guys. Like recorded full albums with the help of Chris Dobbs, who's a, who's a wonderful man. We would record down in his basement which is just wallpapered with guitars. The whole room is just like covered in guitars. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you guys ended up performing at like, uh, you know, a couple nightclubs and like a, a bachelorette party and like actually like perform some concerts as a boy band. It's, it's funny that that last part right there, it recently, very recently, a memory popped up on Facebook and it was from, we played at the official after party for the new kids on the block concert that was going on at like union planters or whatever. That's right. Honestly, whatever market square arena is called right now. I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was at a club that Adrian Dave Pelsu's uh, now wife works in. And it, she, Oh man, it was, it was such a fun night. I, yeah. uh, I, I ended up drinking a lot. Yeah. It was, but it was Uh, well, well, Ryan, do you want to tell us what, uh, what movie we're watching tonight? And as I kind of mentioned, I, I chose this movie. I wanted to watch it because the, the, the reboot. Actually, it's more of a direct sequel to the first movie. 
is, is being being released, I think next week. But you want to go ahead and tell us what movie we're, we're talking about today? So we're talking the uh, 1992 horror classic Candyman, starring starring an actor who is, I think, woefully underrated, Mr. Tony Todd. Tony Todd, I mean, yeah. Yeah. He's, he does a bang-up job in this. And the movie The Rock. Yeah. Most people know from The Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wasn't he one of, like, the... He's one of the Marines. Yeah, yeah, he's one of Ed Harris's Marines, man. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah. yeah. No, he's he's wonderful in this. And I know he had a role in some of the Final Destination movies. I think he's in, like, he's in two or three of the Final Destination movies. Um, I only saw the first two of those. I know there's, like, like 16 or right. so. But I mean, I only saw the first two. Right. I think it was in the first couple. The first one or two, was he was in there. Oh, okay. I, I, why do I not remember him? I guess it has been a while since I've seen those movies. Yeah, yeah. I found I found all those movies online, and I watched only the beginning scenes of every single one. <laughs> just because they're so wild. I think the rest of the movie is they're dog shit. Yeah. But like those initial like <laughs> where everyone it's like this insane amount of car crashing and and planes exploding and stuff. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I wonder. I wonder how many horror franchises exist now that would never have existed if they hadn't done that really early crucial work on the first Final <laughs> Destination. Right, the, the vital work on Final Destination. It's, cinema needed it. We all needed it. We didn't know we needed it. Right. But we got it now, so it's good. Yeah. Well, and, and I didn't realize this until I was doing research for this episode, but I guess Tony Todd in. Star Trek: The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine. I guess he plays Worf's brother Kern. So he's he's Kern. I have no idea about Worf's that. brother for any Star Trek fans out there. <laughs> he's a Klingon. Awesome. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It's yeah. He's a somewhat obscure footnote in a long, like, cinematic history, and yet, you know, that's one of them. And you probably would not even like physically recognize him, right? With all that shit on what's, his head. What's his name again? Kern. Kern. Yeah. So, so in the universe, like, growing up, like, he's like in in high in alien high school, and they're like, "Oh, you're Worf's brother." Yeah. Kern. Kern. Oh yeah, yeah, you're Worf's little brother, Kern. Worf's little brother. Your brother's awesome, Kern. Yeah. Say hey to Worf for me, man. That's Worf's little brother. Give him an atomic wedgie. Oh, man. I can't imagine what the Klingon version of that is. I bet it's brutal. I bet it's brutal. Because they have two butt cracks, I hear. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, every every wedgie's a double wedgie. Oh, yeah. Every wedgie's a double wedgie. It's insane. Yeah, insane. Man. Those guys are nuts. Oh, man. They, don't, they, they, they play for keeps. They don't pretend. <laughs> so, so, all right. So we'll kind of go through this movie. And, Ryan, you said it's been a long time since you've seen this movie, right? It's It's been so long since I've seen it. I, I, I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you because I'm kind of – the memories are flashing back somewhat. This is a movie that I probably watched – I probably watched when I was like a fresh, either like an eighth grader or like a freshman in high school on like a VHS tape <laughs> that a buddy of mine like rented when, when we crashed at his house or right. something like that. And it was like, oh man, let's watch Candyman. It'll yeah. be cool. We'll watch it late at night. My parents won't know. 
And it's, you know, I mean, we, we could never have watched something like that at my house. So it had to have been at one of my friend's houses. <laughs> that, that had to have been the scenario. Right. Yeah. Because this, this is 1992. So this is like 30 years ago yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, and I probably saw it a couple years later, like right. on like a VHS copy. Yeah. Well, and I, and no, I think, not even a Blu-ray copy. No, no, well, well before Blu-ray existed. Uh, way before, <laughs> way before. Well, and I, and this kind of, um, and I knew I had watched it. I, I remembered certain things about it. I remembered the, the kind of the plot and what goes on, but then rewatching it, I, I had like vivid memories of watching it when I was very young. And, and I, I, like, I know it was on HBO when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it had, it's, you know what? It, it reminds me of it has the look like the cinematography of like like michael douglas movies from around <laughs> the same time like it looks like fatal attraction yeah, oh, a little dude, bit yeah Brent, it's yeah. It, it's so weird that you mention that because i i actually wanted to talk about this director it's a guy by the name of bernard rose who okay. he's not like a super famous director or anything but but some of his biggest movies he did uh immortal beloved about Beethoven, right? It was like a serious drama about Beethoven. Yeah. And then this yeah, yeah. this motherfucker, he directed six movies that was adaptation of Leo Tolstoy books or stories, including Anna Karenina, right? So Okay. So like this guy's whole forte is that kind of like serious drama, romance, like that's that's all his wheelhouse. And then he has like a couple horrors horror movies like in that filmography, I I thought it was an interesting filmography when I was looking through it. So, yeah. did you find anything? Is there like a bit of lore about like, did he just owe somebody a favor, or did somebody <laughs> owe him a favor, or something like that? And they were like, here, I got this thing. Yeah, I desperately need a director. What well, do you think you can do with this? Or I can't imagine they'd have trouble finding a director for that. But at the same time, right. who knows? I just. It doesn't sound like you said. It doesn't sound like it's really this guy's wheelhouse. <laughs> well, and and like Brent mentioned, it does. I like I told. I know exactly what he means when he says it feels kind of like a a fatal attraction, Michael Douglas type movie because there is some horror to it. There are a couple like slasher scenes, but yeah, it's it is like it's basically a romance out of. So for anyone who doesn't know or hasn't seen the movie or or just to recap it, it's the lore is this this guy Candyman right. He was the son of a slave who was freed and then who made a lot of money. He figured out some way to make some kind of special shoe for the Union Army during the Civil War, right? So so then he became he became very wealthy. He was a wealthy young man. And, and Candyman, he became an artist. He was a, a well-known painter. So he would be commissioned to do these elaborate portraits and he was commissioned to do a painting of this guy's young daughter, right? Like this teenage late teens, early 20 painting of his daughter. Well, obviously they fell in love and, and she got pregnant with his kid and all of the white people in the community couldn't handle it that a black guy had fathered this child with a white girl. So they, they hold on, let me, they cut his hand off cut off his right hand grabbed pieces of a beehive and smeared it all over him and then the bees stung him to death and that's how yeah. that's how the legend of Candyman was born because from that time he's been kind of an undead spirit seeking revenge against not only those who wronged him but just 
others in the area. So, yeah. And there's that shot of just like hordes of bees, like buzzing around like a, a, a comb or a honeycomb or something. And I wrote in my notes, I hate bees. Like I really <laughs> yeah. do. Like that's one of my fears is like bees. Bees really. Yeah. I just despise them. I, I flinch and I run away. I, you know, you're supposed to stand still with the bee. Mm. Like I can't help it. And like, like look into like, its eyes and seduce it. What? <laughs> yeah. You never heard that? You got to seduce a bee? <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want to sting me, bee. Not this guy. <laughs> but this so, yeah. I want you to told that to that my girl kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, saying, actually, Brent, Brent, I, it's the, the, the bee wranglers who handled the bees in my girl. They yeah. did the bees for this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? There were... That's funny. I did it again with the Michael Douglas. No, no the, the, the yeah. But anyway, I heard about. I read about the bees in that. There's one of the actors who um, he or she. I forget which one. But like, there was a, a bonus clause in mm. their in their agreement. That was Where if he got stung, he got like a thousand dollars for each bee sting. Tony Todd. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Pardon Tony me. Thank and you. he he ended That's up awesome. he ended up making an ex, an extra twenty three thousand dollars because of that. <laughs> Are you kidding? Is that real? Yeah, twenty-three bee stings. Holy shit! <laughs> That's like twenty-three bee stings. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many. I wonder how many takes they did on that on that shot. I mean, it's one of those shots where it's like it took us like three days. It's like so we got stung like a whole bunch of times. Right. <laughs> I could remember. I'm so glad you went through that because I could vividly remember them like cutting off his hand and using the honeycomb i can remember yeah. the, the town mob situation but for the life of me i couldn't remember how we got to that point right yeah like, i couldn't remember the exposition before that that got us to the the, the crazed mob white mob that just you know just ruins this poor dude's life yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's that shot of the city too with like this weird bee, bee cloud yeah the opening shot like, yeah swarm. and then it, it fades you get a fade and I wrote my, my notes. I said, everything should fade into a shot of Virginia Madsen. Yeah. <laughs> this lady is so pretty. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. No, and, and rewatching this, I was like, I was like, she was definitely one of my like young, like young man formative crushes. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I remember Virginia Madsen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's really good in this. I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's incredible. I mean, she's so like, yeah. I was like just some of the scenes where she's just like so emotionally distraught in this like silly, I mean, cause it's kind of a silly movie about, about the candy man, but she, she does such a good job in so many of these scenes too, like selling it, you know? Um, yeah. but she's, but so Virginia Madsen, brother of Michael Madsen, right. Of Tarantino movies, oh. reservoir dogs, all that kind of stuff. Um, that makes sense. Nice. But, but she was actually, she's like deathly allergic to bees. So I guess I read that they would they hypnotized her before every scene with bees. She would go through this like kind of hypnosis that I guess made her like more calm and more docile to be around the bees is what they said. That's crazy. I've yeah. never I've never that's insane. Like yeah. I, I I want a whole I want a whole dissertation just on that. Like I want to see like <laughs> the facts and findings on that. What weird stuff did they make her do? Like what kind of, I mean, they hypnotized her and had her do a damn movie. I right. Mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how they got her to do the movie. <laughs> she turns out a really good performance. I mean, God, uh, I should be so lucky. Well, <laughs> well 
And there, and there, the only time I, cause I'm trying to remember scenes with her and bees. There's that one toward the end where there are like bees coming out of Candyman's mouth and he's like kind of spitting bees onto her. Right. That I, I think that might've been the other, the only one. Um, but I guess they had yeah. to use like freshly hatched bees that couldn't sting or fly yet. And those were the bees that they put in Tony Todd's mouth were like newborn bees. Baby, baby bees. <laughs> the sound effects yeah. are really gross too. There's like a couple crunching noises. Yeah, I, I caught yeah. in that. <laughs> yeah, and kill, kill, kill a bees on a swarm. Brent's Brent's repping his Wu Tang shirt, so that's appropriate. Oh, yeah. Is that intentional, Brent? That you're wearing your Wu Tang shirt? It's 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 like any Michael Douglas Macaulay Culkin um, reference I'm making tonight. Totally coincidental. <laughs> nice. <I love> <laughs> well, nice. <laughs> well, so that was good. And she was especially with the the movie Dune coming out, the remake of Dune. Um, Virginia Madsen yeah. was the original. Was Princess Irulan, Irulan, whatever her name is, in the original Dune, David Lynch's Dune movie, which. That's one bit of science fiction that that has I've I've missed it. I never watched that movie. I haven't read that book. It's on my list of books to read. Frank Herbert's Dune, but I, I I really don't know a whole lot about that whole universe, right? So, but. I mean, I was and I I gotta be honest, I'm in the same boat as you are, and obviously the the uh, and, <laughs> and obviously <laughs> the, the trailer makes it look super epic and super intense, but it's also something where it's like I feel like even as somebody who's seen so many movie trailers, it's impossible to glean any idea of what it's really about. Right. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm like, I know that this guy's in it and I know that this gal's in it and I know this guy and this, you know, and all these actors are in it, but I'm like, I don't have any idea what this is about though. Right. It, <laughs> it seems like there might be like a prophecy and there's some fighting going on and you know, I mean, Dave Batista is there. Right. So, and he's there to, you know, fuck some shit up. <laughs> oh, as always. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I I just know it's yeah it's about this some like royal empire in space on this planet, and I know that the currency is like spice. There's something called spice that's really spice, valuable, yes. and also there are like sandworms, like in in Beetlejuice or Tremors. But that's about that's about all I know about Dune. Are the sandworms kind of like their own thing? Uh, it seems like that's the deal with sandworms. It's like sandworms don't pick sides. No. Like they just, you know, sandworms, sandworms are a separate entity the whole time. They're, they're always just, on their own side. They're for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, sandworms are only on their own side. So I but I, yeah. I have read people, people are concerned. A, a lot of people are saying that they should have, because I guess the intent is for there to be a Dune movie and then there to be a sequel. So this is like half the, half the story. Uh, and a lot of people are like, well, they should have done it like Lord of the Rings, where they kind of filmed them all together, um, especially in the current climate where like Black Widow didn't end up making as much money as it should have, you know, and, and so and the Suicide Squad. So all these movies aren't doing what they should have doing the amount of money they should have because it, they're either on streaming or people just aren't going to the theater because of COVID. So a lot of people are concerned we're going to get the first part of Dune. And it's not going to make as much money as they expect. And then the movie studio is going to be like, no, okay, fuck it. Scrap it. Like, no, we're not doing the sequel. We're not doing the second part. So, which I don't, I don't know. Smelling the touch of her lips I know so very well. I love a smile and a sultry voice. A 
authors, but knowledge is what makes such your voice. I have to go, responsibility strike. Maybe we'll have more time in our next life. Now it's time to kill some fucking idiots. Kill us to a filthy fucking idiot. Oh shit, Ryan has turned the light on. Well, because you're in California, right? You're like two hours behind us, yeah? I'm in, I'm in Vegas. Actually. Vegas, okay. So California's oh, not too far away, but I'm in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. So we, so we kind of touched on the lore of this movie and the Candyman lore, but what this, what this movie is actually about, is following Virginia Madsen, as she, she's exploring a death of somebody who died in this, uh, this housing project in Chicago. This movie's like very heavily based in Chicago. All the establishing shots are the Chicago st- skyline, and a woman was killed in this 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 neighborhood, this housing project called Cabrini Green, which is a big part of the movie. And actually, this is based on a real woman who was killed. Hold on, I want right. to I want I want to give you her name. While you're looking for that, I, I thought that it was great that. Um, they took an urban legend, which is like you stare into like the Bloody Mary urban legend, or in this case, Candyman, and you say the name over and over until it like appears or whatever. And I love that they gave an explanation for that, sort of like a where did the urban legend happen? And and it was that um, um, Virginia Madsen's character, she like pulls out her medicine cabinet, right? The medicine cabinet in the bathroom, and then you see the back of the medicine cabinet in the other um, apartment room. Yeah. In the next apartment over. And then she pushes that. And then that's how a killer could climb through and enter your apartment. Yeah. Which makes very, it makes a lot of sense. Well, and and actually not only that, does it play into those like bloody Mary and, and other, but, but that's, that's actually what happened. Like, like a woman by the name of Ruthie Mae McCoy in 1987 she was murdered by people coming through her medicine cabinet. They pushed her medicine cabinet in and she called the police a couple times and they didn't show up until like 25 minutes later. They couldn't get into her apartment. So they just left. So like they, then a neighbor called on the, a neighbor called the cops the next day cause they were worried about her and they went in to check on her and she'd been shot and killed. She'd been shot like four times. So that was like a real thing that happened. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't know that. I didn't know that there was like a, you know, a very realistic angle to this. Like it came from a very real place. Right. Well, yeah, and no and, and it's interesting that so this is based on Clive Barker's short story. He's a well-known horror author. He wrote uh, and directed the first Hellraiser movie, right? But he wrote a short story called The Forbidden, which is based in Liverpool in in the UK, and. I guess it was Bernard Rose, the guy who directed this movie, but he he kind of pitched Clive Barker on his version of this movie, and Clive agreed to give him the rights and have him do it. And he and his thought was to move it to the United States, move it to Chicago, because I guess the I I haven't read the short story, but I guess it is kind of about wealth disparity and the like segregation of the haves and the have-nots. And so what Bernard Rose did was to set that in Chicago and kind of play with that the realities of Chicago in, in Candyman. So I, I thought that was all very interesting and, and Cabrini green, which was a real, which was a real place. And I guess has since, yeah. like, since been like mostly demolished, I maybe there is, there's still a building or two. Um, but yeah, it's a real place here in Chicago. So. Yeah. Yeah. That much. I did know. I knew that it was, I knew that it was a real place in Chicago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you like her, her own apartment? 
Like where she lived was like this amazing apartment with this amazing view of the city. And my initial reaction was like, there's just like no fucking way she could afford that. <laughs> Even like her boyfriend, who's the professor. Right. Like, I don't think they professors make a ton yeah, of money. He's like, a professor. You Ryan, you teach a college class. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> and she's, I mean, she's I, just, she's a grad know, student. I'm, I'm only, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a graduate assistant, so I don't even get the status of like staff, but I mean, at the same time. <laughs> No, to my knowledge, they are not they're not setting the world on fire with their salaries or anything like that. <laughs> and like what does she do? She re she writes theses about urban legends. Like people who write clickbait fucking do that today. Yep. You know? <laughs> like like pod, like like silly podcasters like us. Like <laughs> like like that was like an idea Corey had when we were talking about like how we we're gonna change our podcast and decide what it wanted to do. One of yeah. the things he th- said was like, "Let's do urban legends." Like that was an idea that just that was just thrown about. Well, yeah, there's like, but, like so this is like her entire career. Yeah, that's it. That's what that's all she did. Like she yeah. somehow was gainfully employed doing that, <laughs> and somehow dragging her friend into the ghettos of Chicago to do so. Yes, yes. See, this is again like I'm so I'm so excited about this because I'm I'm slowly beginning to put the movie back together in my head. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm nice. remembering, you know, see, having only seen it when I was, you know, at least, this was at least 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, it had to be 20, 25 years ago. So I'm, I'm putting this all back together and I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And oh, yeah, I remember that. And that's right. I remember that, too. I'm remembering <laughs> all these wonderful things about the movie. Yeah. Something I also I also noticed was like at some point they find they're looking around and they find candy like laying yeah. around. And it has like obvious razor blades in the candy, like, and it's not even like embedded in the chocolate. It's like a kind of open wrapper with like yeah. a tootsie roll, and then just like a giant, just like razor blade, like leaned up against like it. Extremely sharp piece of metal right next to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah. I was remembering that too. I was because I was thinking about the Candyman movie, and then I remember sort of coinciding with that, like. There was talk about like the pe- kids getting candy with like glass in it and stuff like that. And right, remember like the urban legend, like there's Smarties, like there's yeah, glass Smarties. Smarties. Smarties are just glass. There's like, oh, there's just glass in there. It's like, <laughs> there's just glass in there, kids. Yeah, I'm like, in that case, I've eaten my weight in glass because I <laughs> ate that many Smarties. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm so much glass, guys. Yeah, yeah. My biography is gonna be, you know, tales of a glass eater. <laughs> Which, All right, I want to talk about speaking of like hurting people. <laughs> the first, the first kill. Yeah, yes. yeah. It starts out rich real early, and it's interesting because it reminded me of being a teenager a bit. Okay, so the first kill is it, it, it explains. Um, it's a very teenagery way of explaining like consent. If you think about it, and you see why I said what I said earlier, and that, and that like that first kill, it's like this girl is sort of seducing the boy. And she's like got it on her own terms, you know. She's like trying to be um, make the situation comfortable on her terms, and she's making it kind of scary. She pulls the boy into the bathroom, and she, and and part of her like sed- seduction is like, let's say Candyman, you know, oh, five, in the very like beginning, six yes. times or whatever. It's like five or six times, five it's times, weird. Like, five you times. You say it so many times, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to say Candyman so many times. <laughs> Get him. It's like is he so lazy? Like, but. He needs, well, just he needs plenty of time to get up, you know. He's got to, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got to like turn his, turn his tablet off, get up off the couch, you know. <laughs> he's like, 
oh, takes his glasses off, puts a cigarette out, and, you know. Why can't that be the, like, we need to make that thing. The, the, yeah, the, like, behind right. The if you remember there. being a teenager, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I can think of, like, two different girls. Like, okay, I, I've always been really good at getting myself into stories, you know, like, uh, a weird situation that tells a story. <laughs> that also breeds, That's true. It also breeds, like, um, finding women that are very very scary at times in the beginning but that's, because that's I'm also driven true. by attraction you know i'll go along with it you know like of course <laughs> so like so i remember a few different times as a teenager being put in situations where the girl is being uh, uh, like strange and like manipulating me in a way on like a first date but i think it was that they were they were exercising control over a situation of sorts which is totally fine with me because if i got to make out at the end of it like everyone wins you know whatever she has to do to make uh, make us feel comfortable hanging out with each other whether it be like i remember a girl i was in uh she uh, she made me drive to marsh and go buy her thing go buy her three things that she thought she might like she said i will make out with you if you do this so i think it was like i definitely bought like some flowers and like some candy and whatever whatever but then another girl i remember uh uh she took me to a park and then she took her shirt off and ran into the woods which scared the shit out of me because it was like it was like way after midnight it was pitch black in a park in bloomington so it was like so I just go chase after her now, and like the idea, and I was like scared because I'm, I, I don't, I can show you like that light that stays on at night. Like I don't go to sleep in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're like I'm supposed to chase this topless young woman through the woods and in I the did, dark? Yeah, no, thank did. you. <laughs> you face your fucking fears in the face of that, my friend. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like a. I mean, we're not talking about like a slasher movie kind of like summer camp film. Where the where the woman like <laughs> disrobes and then dives into the le- the local lake, which is like beautiful and well lit. Right. She just ran into the fucking woods without any clothes on. It, none of it makes sense. Right. I'm like, you're, no. You're, where are you going? Right. You're gonna get poison ivy. <laughs> you're gonna get hurt, young lady. <laughs> you're after you. At the at the very least, you're asking for some some scrapes, right? Seriously. Some scrapes and scratches. Yeah. <laughs> well, this. I but, thought that was interesting. It's a good first kill, you know. And, yeah. And that dude, that dude, bit, he bit it. Well, and and oh, Brent, yeah. and and when so this is going to come out next week, and the episode that we will have dropped the week before. So last week, our episode on the Evil Dead came out, yes. directed by Sam Raimi, and and the guy in the beginning of this movie, Brent, this it's Ted Raimi, it's Sam Raimi's brother, right? Yeah. Okay. So he was in the Spider-Man movies. He was like J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson's like nerdy assistant. He was like, ah, Mr. Jameson, we can't. And he's like, God damn it, just print it. Just fucking just, just print, print it. it. <laughs> you know, get out of my office. And then, yeah. uh, but he's also Ted Raimi. He was also in the TV show Sequest, which I was really into when I was a kid. And, Me too. Uh, and he was the character Joxer the Mighty. On, on Xena and Hercules on those TV shows. <laughs> I remember those. So, which took, I knew the guy looked familiar, but it, it took me a minute to place him. I was like, that's fucking Ted Raimi in this movie. 
He's also uh, Sam Raimi did Sam Raimi, if you remember, did the uh, 1990 horror classic Darkman. Yes. With with Liam Neeson and yeah. Francis McDormand. Yes. And his, and Ted Raimi is like one of the guys that Darkman kills in his quest to like find these other guys. He's like one of the he's like one of the he's not like a henchman, but he's one of the like well-to-do business guys who knew what was going on and right. like. Had it coming. basically like sold out Liam Neeson's character. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Ted Raimi's so much fun. And I love Darkman. I haven't seen that movie in so long, but I remember watching it. Again, that was another staple of like HBO programming that I watched yeah. over and over as a kid. You know? Yeah. Wasn't there like an actual death in that movie? Or... I don't know. Maybe. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise like a helicopter? Or my... Or my... Oh, that's the crow. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> yes. okay. Well, yeah, we're, no, Br- that's true. Brandon Lee got shot in the crow, yeah. Oh, no, I thought, okay, but there was one move, I think maybe it's Darkman then. It's either Darkman or the crow where, like, there's a helicopter scene and this helicopter blades but, off people's heads. Yes. Like, for reals. I know what you're talking about. I think it was a different movie, but okay. I'd have to yeah. look into it. I know what you're talking about, though. I can't remember the movie off off, off, head, off hand, but. Um, off head. Yeah, yeah off head. <laughs> Nice, nice. Let's see. What else do you want to talk about this movie, Brent? Were there any? There's so many good scenes in this movie. Like, I love the scene. One of the one of the later kills is where she's she's like in a hospital because so the main woman, Virginia Madsen, the whole the the movie is about her exploring the death of a woman named Ruthie Jean, yep. something like that, who has been killed in these Cabrini Green projects, and yep. she learns about this myth of Candyman, and she she's a grad student writing a thesis on urban legends and she ends up saying Candyman in the mirror five times and so then she's like so but the, the interesting thing about this horror movie is it's different than some other horror movies because she's investigating all this stuff and Candyman ends up framing her for all yeah, of these murders. Yeah, she ends up going to jail, getting arrested, her life falls apart. Her husband like moves in with with one of his students that he was dating as a professor and so like by the end of it, she just she's lost everything because Candyman's just fucking with her life. And so by the very end of the movie, she she died. There's a baby that's Candyman has taken a baby from a woman yeah. in the Cabrini Green projects. And the main character, Virginia Madsen, she goes to save this baby while the community, the the Cabrini Green community, sets this stack of trash and wood on fire because they saw Candyman go in there. And so it's burning down, he's burning to death, and this baby's in there with Virginia Madsen. So she she crawls out with this baby and saves this baby's life, but then she dies, she succumbs to her wounds, and then the very end of the movie is a stinger where she comes back kind of as the new Candyman and yep. kills her husband with a hook for like, for basically disregarding her, like tossing her off to the criminal justice system and moving him with his like hot young uh, student. Right. See now that, that part I absolutely have no recollection of. Like I have no <laughs> recollection of like the, the like framing her for all the murders and then the end of it. Yeah, I, man, I gotta watch this thing again. You should. I, I should have. I should have been more on top of it. I should have watched this again. <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, 
It was pretty good. I, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I remember it being pretty scary. Like there was, I was, I don't always do well with like horror movies, which is, you know, there's the, I'm a glutton, kind of a glutton for punishment when it comes to that, because I don't love the sensation, but I also kind of do love the sensation. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else is weird like that. But yeah. so like, it, it's one where I remember being like genuinely like, Oh God, like it was quite scary. <laughs> I remember it being pretty scary. Yeah. When the, and there's a scene where she like, she's with her psychiatrist in the hospital. She's like in this, she's been uh, given to this medical, like psychiatric wing of a hospital and, and right. she's like locked up there. So then she goes to meet with her psychiatrist and there he's like doing this therapy and she's like, she's like, I can prove it to you. I can summon the Candyman. And he's like, okay, sure, whatever. And it's like broad what? daylight. And so much of this movie is filmed in the, it's daylight. It's bright outside. Like, which is interesting. They don't take advantage of like the dark, the scariness of darkness a whole lot. Right. Yeah. Um, but so in this scene, she like, she's like, she's in a, hospital gown with handcuffed together handcuffed to this chair talking to this psychiatrist and she's like yeah i can summon Candyman." and she like looks over her shoulder into a mirror that just happens to be on the wall and she's like Candyman, 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 Candyman." and then and then he's like looking at her like she's fucking crazy he's like oh yeah okay whatever and then we're talking about the psychiatrist brent um are you muted i can't hear anything you're saying Sorry. I said, wouldn't it be funny if, if, if Virginia Madison just, like, killed you right now? <laughs> right. She just popped. I'd be like, guys, no, help me. <laughs> <laughs> My celebrity crush. No. no. But so but so she, she says this, and he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're crazy. Like, I'm going to write this down in my notes. But then he's like, oh, oh. He, like, starts gagging and choking on blood, and Candyman raises up from behind him, and he's like, just like scraping his spine with his hook and kills the guy. And then he flies backwards out of the window. He like curls up in a ball, like he's doing a cannonball in a pool and flies backwards out the window, crashing through it. Like, <laughs> it's so, it's so ridiculous, man. I love it. <laughs> I'm remembering like, I'm remembering her in, in talking to the psychiatrist. Yeah. For some reason, I don't remember like the handcuffs, and I'm I'm for some reason not remembering that kill, but I'm I'm picturing her and like talking to the psychiatrist. God, I really gotta watch this again. You oh, should. Man. It's so and good. That. Well, and, oh, it's and so intense. I'm interested to see what they do with the sequel because I guess it's a it's a direct sequel from this movie. They're kind of skipping the second and third movie because they had like Candyman two and three. One was called like Farewell to the Flesh. The other one was called. Uh, I had some shit. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, awesome Town. What's that? Candyman 3, Awesome Town. Candyman 3, Awesome Town, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like a day of the title. <laughs> but, so, but so it's Jordan Peele wrote it. He wrote the screenplay, right? Um, which I, I enjoy his horror movies. I, I think he's done great work uh, since since Key and Peele. Um, but then he... But it's directed by Nia DaCosta who she's directing the MCU movie, the Marvels with Captain Marvel and then Miss Marvel. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And also, uh, Tiana, Tiana Paris, who was in WandaVision, uh, she's going to reprise that role in the movie, the Marvels. She's also kind of the lead female role in the new Candyman movie. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be I interesting. Saw, I saw like a teaser trailer for it. I haven't seen like a full blown trailer. I don't know if one exists, but 
All I've seen is the teaser trailer for it, and I was like, ooh, that looks intense. Was Wait, was the teaser trailer that you saw, was it like kind of like bat, backlit art, artwork where it was like... Uh, like silhouettes. They yeah. did a lot of work with like silhouettes, and yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, definitely. They, it was like a... Yeah. Yeah, they, they have a full-blown trailer, which looks great, but I thought that was the fucking... That was the coolest... One of the coolest teasers I've ever seen, I feel like. It, it was intense. It was intense. Yeah. yeah. It like goes through the whole backstory of Candyman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Candyman. Candyman. But then, so the main guy, the actor from it is Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who, yep. was, who was in uh, Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen. He was the main character, kind of her husband, which that's like one of... For, for my money, that's like one of the best shows ever put on television is HBO. Oh, it's Watchmen, great. So. It, it was amazing. I've seen it. I like I watched I watched it all the way through and loved it, obviously. And then I told my wife, I was like, look, I know you're not typically she's not typically into like the violence, the violence stuff. But I was like, I was like, you've got to watch this. And yeah. she loved it. Like, she yeah. loved it. I it's mean, just, it's, it's so good. Show. I, like I want to ask you guys, like what anything else about this movie you want to talk about, and then we'll kind of get into our head cannons. But yeah. one thing I was very excited to talk about this this movie and this episode is my love of Kendrick Lamar and him as as a rapper, and the fact that this movie ties so heavily into Chicago. And there's one part in the in the album Damn where it's just like the it's such a brilliant complex takedown of his opponents in this song. So, and it ties into Candyman and Kendrick Lamar's ties to Chicago. So if I could just take a minute, he, so Kendrick Lamar, he grew up in Compton, right? He grew up out on on the West coast, but his parents are from Chicago. They fled Chicago because of gang activity and other stuff. And they, they fled Chicago to find safety in California, right? In Compton. On the album Damn, there's a song called Element. So in this song, he's he's facing his opponents. He's talking about people who are talking shit about him. There are other rappers like Jay Electronica and Big Sean who have been like talking shit about Kendrick Lamar, how he's not the greatest, how he only has the audience he has because he appeals to white people, right? And I'm not a religious person, but Kendrick Lamar sees himself as a prophet of Jesus and his goal is to like speak to people in the gangbanging lifestyle, speak to people in Compton, and kind of show them the path to Jesus and to like better themselves, right? So the album Damn starts off with a clip from Fox News where they're like, Lamar stated views on police brutality with that line in the song, quote, and we hate the popo, want to kill us in the street, for show. Ah, please. Ugh. I don't like it. And so that's that's Kendrick's way of saying, like, I'm trying to good, do good shit, and these people are misunderstanding it, right? Like, Fox News, you know, these conservative white people, are, they're misunderstanding what I'm trying to do. So he goes into the song, and he's, he's speaking out against people who are talking shit about him and, and are saying that he's, like, you know, only appealing to white people, and that's the only reason he has any any following or anything. But he, so he says in the song element, he says, got them by a landslide. We talking about races, you know, it'll never be a tie. Just look at their laces. You know, careers take off. Just got to be patient. 
Mr. 1 through 5, that's the only logic. Fake my death, go to Cuba, that's the only option. I got them by a landslide, we talk about races. You know there's never be a tie, just look at their laces. You know careers take off, just gotta be patient. Mr. 1 through 5, that's the only logic. Fake my death, go to Cuba, that's the only option. If I gotta slap a pussy ass nigga, I'ma make it look sexy. So basically, what he's saying there is Mr. 1 through 5. There's a long-standing debate in the hip-hop community of who are the five greatest rappers, right? Like, who's your number, who's your one through five? Who are your five greatest? And KRS has a song where he talks about how he's all five. He's the five greatest rappers. And there's a famous Dave Chappelle sketch where he plays a character named Dylan, where he's like, the five greatest rappers are all number one, Dylan, 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 and Dylan, right? So he's like, <laughs> do you guys remember that sketch at all? I feel like I do. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. So he's, he's playing with the, with the concept of like all, you know, the, your top five rappers. And he's saying, he's fighting back saying all your five greatest rappers should be Kendrick Lamar, right? Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, right? He's, he's that good. Right. So then he goes on I'm later. Invested in this story. Go so, too. I'm sorry. Me too. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have any idea where it's going. I like I'm it. excited. Keep going, so, Corey. So then he's answering other rappers like Jay Electronica and Big Sean. And there's a song where Jay, Le Jay Electronica says, Mama told me never throw a stone and try to hide your hand. Right? So there's, and there are other rap songs too, where they're talking about throwing stones, breaking windows or whatever, committing crime, talking shit, and then trying to hide your hand. Like, hiding what you've done, walking away, trying not to get caught, right? So he's addressing those other rappers and he says, because most of y'all ain't real, most of y'all gonna squeal, most of y'all just envy, but jealousy gets you kill, killed, most of y'all throw rocks and try to hide your hand. So he's saying, most of you, you're not real, you know, you're, you're envious, jealousy will get you killed, most of y'all don't fade, so you won't commit violence. So Jay Electronica, Big Sean, Drake, other rappers like that, would talk shit about Kendrick, but they wouldn't mention him by name. So he says, most of y'all throw rocks and try to hide your hand. Cause most of y'all ain't real. Most of y'all go squeal. Most of y'all just envy, but jealousy get you killed. Most of y'all throw rocks and try to hide your hand. Just say his name and I promise that you'll see Candyman. Because it's all in your eyes. Most of y'all tell lies. Most of y'all don't fade. Most of y'all been advised. Just say his name and I promise that you'll see Candyman. So he's saying, say my name five times. Actually, say my name. Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, no. Say it five times. And you'll fucking see what happens. And bam, I, fuck yeah, that's amazing. And that's over the course of like a couple verses of the song, and it's the fucking hardest, most intelligent, complex, fucking smackdown I may have ever heard in my life. I just thought it was incredible, that's amazing. and I wanted to share it here. So that's pretty awesome. Oh, I'm so happy you did. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were just gonna go on some crazy masturbatory like, like I love Kendrick, I just love Kendrick Lamar, Lamar. <laughs> but you didn't. This is amazing. <laughs> I knew, I knew it would pay off. That was awesome. Big time. Big time. I'm glad we hung in there. I'm yeah. glad we hung in there. Good. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I just find, I find that so interesting. It's such a, like a, a complex, uh, just lyrical mastery. It's just so impressive, you know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Was there, Can you was, hear me? was there anything else, anything else about the movie you guys wanted to touch on before we jump into our, our headcanon about this movie? No, I'm just, I'm, I, this is just a good reminder that I need to go back and rewatch it. Because I should have done that before now. <laughs> I clearly, I, the last yeah. I, when I saw it, it was so long ago, and there are only bits and pieces I remember. But it's it's been fun to revisit it, so I gotta actually go back and watch it. 
Yeah, it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to. I want to watch it again before I see the new one, and I'll. I'll end up. I'll definitely end up seeing the new one. Well, and and in the new one, they have uh, the woman who played. I think her name was Anne Marie, who has her baby kidnapped. She's one of the only act. She's in the new movie, and then Tony Todd comes back as Candyman. They're like the only two actors who reprise their role. And I, I oh, read, cool. I read somewhere that the main guy. Yahya Abdul Mateen II, the main character in this movie, is Baby Anthony from the first movie, like all grown up. So interesting. Yeah, and and I think it's going to have to do with Cabrini oh. Green and what it's like now and the gentrification that has taken place and like, uh, yeah, I think I think this reboot slash sequel will be super interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. So, Brent, do you have a a head about this movie? Yeah, I, I wanted to say before before we end that um, the score the score to this movie is actually um, part of a major part of the beat for our intro song. That's true. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that, our that, theme... that's part of like the big beat right before Corey hits that starts rapping over it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The theme song is based off the Candyman theme. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, awesome. which was a total surprise to me. Like as soon as that, that it starts opening up and. and and those credits are the, the opening credits go like I was like oh it's amazing it's <laughs> that's, theme song that's that awesome I'm cool. so glad that like, you I had that experience that's that. hilarious that was awesome that's awesome <laughs> I think that's that's some of my favorite parts about rap music by the way is like is like when people, just just knowing that like uh, beat creators and artists like will steal from like movie movie scores or just like just whatever they find. And just put, and toss it in there, and it really, it really works really well. Like Corey does an amazing job at this at our theme song, and and it, it's 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 fucking awesome. Like yeah. we have a really cool theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. So R and R, you got to check this out. Oh, I will. Oh, I will for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So Ryan, do you have a head cannon that you'd like to share, or would you like me to go first? What do you want to do? Why don't you go first? Is that okay? course it is so i was thinking about the ending of the movie the ending of the movie is that boyfriend right like like he's like in the bathroom and he's like he's feeling very very disheveled and very upset yeah the dad from terminator 2 his girlfriend his his girlfriend his girlfriend is 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 she's cutting up meat for some reason and she's like throwing like tossing meat (laughs) and she leaves the refrigerator open yeah onto the counter yeah, she's got she's got like a sirloin, which is gross. You know, like come on, he's a professor. They live in amazing apartments, and she's cutting up a like the worst cut of steak <laughs> you've ever seen. <laughs> you know, she's okay, whatever. She's like angrily cutting uh, sirloin steak and talking in the bathroom. And so, what I'm assuming is is that it's not it's not Virginia. Like she's not. She's not the new Candyman. The lights go out, guys, right? The lights turn back on. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> God damn it. From Dustin from, Hoffman. As Captain Hook. It's, it's, it's goddamn Captain Hook. <laughs> nice. Nice. He, Shit. He, you know, he that was kills him. That's actually Brent. That was my headcanon too. Was just that was like toward the end of the movie, or like after he had turned Virginia Madsen. Was that Candyman started hearing this music and this like tick tock tick tock, 
and then an alligator came up out of nowhere and, and <laughs> yeah. ate Candyman. That was that was my headcanon. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I had. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to make a Robin Williams uh, segue as well somehow. But oh, yeah. Do it. That would have been good. That would have been good for this episode, yeah. <laughs> nice so well what do you got Rockman? what do you think as a, as a headcanon for this movie what do you wish uh that wasn't actually textual in the movie uh do you like to believe was taking place in or behind the movie um i i i actually want to believe that i want to actually believe that there was a behind the scenes love story between virginia madsen and a swarm of bees <laughs> i want there to have been I want there to be like a behind the scenes cut of her just, <laughs> her just like sitting longingly, like in them sharing like a milkshake or something. And it's just her at a, her at a picnic table. And then it just, the, the camera kind of pans over and it's just this very small cloud of bees just constantly just. <laughs> or it's like, it's, it's, it's a mass of bees in the shape of a human, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, that that's awesome. And I want there to also be a little thing where, like, as it turns out, Tony Tony Todd has actually always had a crush on Virginia Madsen. Like, he always, like, wanted – but then, like, the bees – so there are constantly shots of the two – of Virginia Madsen with the bees, and he's just in the corner, like, <laughs> fucking bees. very upset about the whole thing. Well, and that's – that's, 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 that, an- that's what I wish. That's well, what I want. Well, that's and that's, that's another part of the movie. I don't know if we mentioned, but – um, part of the reason this is such like kind of a romantic love story is Virginia Madsen is supposed to be kind of a reincarnated version of the girl that Candyman originally fell in love with, you know, like whatever, a hundred, 150 years ago, something like that. Oh, so, wow. So yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because he definitely had the chance to kill her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't interested right. in that. Yeah. Yeah. No way. <laughs> So, just framed her for all those, yeah. <laughs> framed her for everybody else's murder. But. Framed her for all that other shit that he did. <laughs> well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Or, Ryan, is there anything you want to plug? You want to lead people to any shows or anything you're doing right now? Your acting classes? Anything you want to direct people to before we finish up here? If anybody wants to join one of my acting classes, you just have to enroll as a student at UNLV. <laughs> um, it's a really easy process. It only costs like a couple thousand dollars. Or just, you know, um, do you have to fill out a FAFSA? We, we, yeah. I mean, we, we we do at this point. I kind of just belong. Part of my part of my graduate uh, program is that I basically just belong to UNLV right now. So we'll be doing productions through the university, but I I, I don't imagine anybody. Like any, I don't. I'm not sure any of your audience is out in Vegas or if they'll be out to see it. But you know, look for that if you want. Look for a production called Ring Round the Moon here coming up in early October from uh, the Nevada Conservatory Theater, a produ- producing wing of the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. That's about it. That's all I got to plug right now. <laughs> On next week's episode, we're talking about the movie The Cabin in the Woods. So make sure to check that out. And as always, you can follow us on Reddit, r slash horror movie pod, on Twitter at horror movie pod, on Facebook and Instagram at head cannon pod. And be sure to keep an eye out on Friday when we'll be dropping a special bonus episode for Candyman uh, because Brent, Ryan, and myself got off on like a half hour tangent about movies. 
that had nothing to do with Candyman, but is a lot of fun and it was too good to just leave that material laying on the cutting room floor. So we'll be dropping an extra bonus episode on Friday. All right. Well, well, Ryan, yeah. I gotta say, you're you are literally one of my favorite people. You're you're like, hey, likewise, brother. You're you're likewise. such like yeah. just like a nice, caring guy. Like I always loved working with you uh, in Defiance Comedy, and it's it's just good to talk to you, man. Like like I, I'm glad you're you and Betsy. I, I think I said already, congratulations on on your wedding. But Thank I'm you. so happy for Thank you guys, you. and and yeah, I'm glad you're doing well out there. So I appreciate. Oh, it. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Brent. Yeah, no, same thing. I mean, I can't say it any better. So, likewise, absolutely. <laughs> I, I was very, I, I think I told you numerous times, I was very sad when you moved away. We were obviously, I was obviously very happy for you, but you were, I, I there was a part of me that was worried that Defiance would fall apart when you left. And I think that was, there was the possibility of that for a while, but some really good people stepped up and kept it, kept that dream alive. So, <laughs> but you, you were there, you were there at the beginning and I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful to this day that I got to do that that stuff with you and, and Matt and everybody else. So, yeah, likewise, for sure. All right. Thanks, man. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. And you're the, you're the best kind of people. Brent, you seem all right. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, you seem you, – you're friends with this guy, yeah. so you got to be well, a good Ryan, dude. I've had a great time tonight, bud. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, awesome. no. I've always liked you. Uh, I've always yeah, thought you were amazing, Ryan. Of course. Like Yeah, like it's, if it's a testament to our conversation – I, I don't think we've ever talked to anyone this long before in this new well, no. incarnation of our podcast. That might be true. That might and be true. The fact that we I'm talked for like an hour here. about just whatever. Yeah. It was so much fun. So yeah. much fun. It was really nice to talk to you. I, I hope to talk to you again. That would be great. That would be great. If I could find, if I could sneak onto one of these some other time, I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, you sure. have a good night. And this has been Head Cannon. <laughs> So low